0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Scotch and Scripts. I am your host, David Radney. Right now, I'm taking off a custom-made mask. It's made by a company out of Cleveland, Ohio, where I grew up. This is one of my buddies, Mark. He owns a company, again, called the WhatNot Bowtie Company, I'll make sure his information is linked in the video, so if you have any interest in ordering a mask and you want something that's fancy and has some different patterns and colors, you definitely want to hit him up and find out more about the mask that he creates. Now, today on Scotch and Scripts, we are going to be tasting a 12-year-old Aberlour, and this is aged uh, in Cherry cast. So, let's go ahead and get into it. It's a spy-side Single Malt Scotch and I want to go ahead and start off by showing you the color look at that nice golden color there a lot of apple on the nose Yeah, really fruity a lot of sweet undertones here in this particular scotch in the finish spicy so very spicy finish on the Avalor so if you guys have any interest in trying out a new Scotch, again, Double cast 12-year-old Aberlour. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. I want to tell you about the person I'm interviewing today. This is actually a good friend of mine, I've known him for a few years now, Scott Stewart. He works for Keller Williams. And let me just tell you a little bit about his career path. I think it's really interesting. He started off as a real estate agent, then went in-house to be a productivity coach uh, for our company, Keller Williams. And now he has decided this year in 2020 to get back in, in sales and do real estate sales full time. So I'm really interested to interview him because I want to find out what has he learned as a productivity coach that he's implementing in his business and how has that you know two year time period that he was doing coaching actually benefited him and made him a better real estate agent. And then I also want to find out how is he hitting the ground running during this time of the quarantine to actually get his business off the grounds what is he doing to stay relevant guys thank you for joining cheers and let's go ahead and get into the show scott welcome to another episode of scotch and scripts i'm so happy to have you on i've been looking forward to our interview all week and so i want to say first and foremost scott stewart cheers to you cheers cheers so I'm giving you a cheers because most recently, about two months ago, you have made a decision to step out of your role as a productivity coach at Keller Williams and go back into real estate full time. Yep. So I definitely want to talk to you about that and get some information, but I want you to tell people your journey. You were an agent, then you became a productivity coach. So
1: can you kind of walk us through that journey? Yeah. So uh, I got into real estate back in 2013. Um I was with another company for about two years. A lot of people know that, you know, part of that journey. Um, you know, started talking to, at the time, Sally Ponchak was the team leader uh, for our office. And between her and Deb Norman and a lot of different connections that I had in the business, you know, I started looking at, you know, all that Keller Williams had to offer and made that jump into being an agent full time in 2015. Um, you know, Keller Williams just presented so many opportunities for growth, uh, for education, for just taking your business to that next level and really learning how to run a successful business. Whereas I felt like that first two years in the business, everyone goes through it, right? The learning curve of, all right, I got my license now. What do I do? Yes. Uh, And yet I just, I, I couldn't believe how much value was surrounded by, you know, all the Keller Williams agents and everything that they offer to us in terms of how to you know take your business to as big of a business as you want. Um, so yeah, I was selling uh, actively for about two years when um, at the time Rasheem Seti had uh, taken over as our team leader, and we started to have some discussions about you know this opportunity to become the productivity coach. Um, and for me, it just it I'm the guy that hey, if I see a door open for an opportunity. I feel like I owe it to myself to at least, you know, peek through to the other side and see what's over there. Yep. Uh, so I started exploring it and it just, it seemed like a really exciting opportunity to pursue. Um, I'm also somebody who's not afraid to just take a big leap and, you know, have faith that uh, I'll come out okay on the other side and come out thriving on the other side. So um made that jump into the productivity coaching role and, you know, had a blast with it for two plus years. Um, but now I'm definitely very excited to be getting back into my business. So, well, I'm
0: sure you are. And before we get off of being a productivity coach, I'm so curious to know, um, as a coach, because I, I do some coaching as well. What What were some of your biggest frustrations being a coach? <laughs> some of the biggest challenges, maybe I would say. Nah, I think we had coach.
1: to wait until I had a little bit more of the tequila <laughs> in the hatch here, but. Um, Biggest frustration, I would say, you know, and it's one of the things that made me reflect and realize I want to jump back into the business is, you know, when I joined KW, I mentioned, you know, the wealth of, you know, just education, opportunities, tools, things for us to plug into is boundless. And I think, you know, if I could say the biggest frustration being a coach, right, and I know you've gone through this as well is. You can lead the horse to the water, you can't make them drink, and there's something about you know innately about me that I just I like to dive into things and just do yes. um, and i I so loved coaching people, and yet it's really difficult when you see kind of that barrier to their success You're like oh my God, if you just would tap into this or if you would just do this, you'd be killing it, and you, you realize very quickly in the coaching role that you can't make people do things, you can only, you know, again, kind of open that door for opportunity for them and hope that, you know, through your coaching, they'll realize what's on the other side of it for them. That's right. um, so a frustration point would definitely be, you know, when people just, you know, didn't see the opportunity in front of them that you could so clearly see for them.
0: I understand that. And I heard something recently and it goes like, um, you can't motivate someone, but you can motivate them and give them the information and resources, but you can't make someone who's not motivated, motivated. Yeah. And that's, that is uh, frustrating when you know a couple of tweets and they could be off and running. And for whatever reason, whatever mindset, drunk monkey they have, they're not taking the action. That, that can be a little frustrating.
1: And I think you just, I think you just used the word resourcefulness, which to me is, you know, when I got into this business, um, I knew, hey, there's gonna be people that can help me Getting to where I want to go. And yet, I've also got to really take ownership and be that resourceful person who's not afraid to say, Hey, I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to go search it out. You know, whether that means you're going online, you know, using YouTube and all the resources we have online, or whether it means saying, Hey, who's really good at this thing that I want to learn more about? And how can I go seek them out and get more information on that? But it was always about, you know, being resourceful and knowing where and who do I need to go seek to get this kind of knowledge and skill set that I want. I think it's something that. that a lot of people get into this business not realizing this is hard work, right? You've got to go get what you want and nothing is given in this business or really in life, right? That's
0: right. You have to go out there and take it. And so what I love is that there's enough room for everyone If you go out there and you just put your head down and you work and you do what you know you should be doing every day, which is really, you know, lead generating, following up, writing contracts, negotiating deals, if you do your job every day, you will be successful.
1: Absolutely.
0: So so with that being said, as you leave productivity coaching, you go back into real estate sales full time, what's the one thing you did, like the first thing you did to get your business back up and running?
1: So first thing I did. Literally the day after, you know, I was officially not the coach any longer, yes. uh, I'll admit I, I literally just took a mental health day. Um, I completely unplugged, I don't even think I looked at the computer all day or anything. I yeah. just said, holy cow, <laughs> I'm on the other side of this thing, I know what's ahead of me, and yet today I'm just gonna take it easy. because um, I believe, you know, really strongly that even when we're in the motion of whatever we're doing, we've got to take those days where we just kind of press the reset button, yes, and, and take some time for ourselves, right? So, day one took a break. Said, "Oh my God, Oof, I just got to breathe and, you know, collect my thoughts." And mm-hmm. that's the other thing, right? Um, I love, you know, some of the tools that we have in place with KW, like the one three five, which people now call the GPS, the four one one, things that allow us to take are, you know, all those thoughts that are running through our head, things that, you know, pop into our head throughout the day. And I've always believed that you've got to write that stuff down and realize you're never going to be able to take action on everything that you're thinking about. But if you put it down on paper and you come back to it and you create a proper plan around it, you can take the action when it's right. Um, so I that day I did, you know, just write some stuff down on paper and said, okay, I'm going to collect my thoughts here and come up with my action plan so once I got past that first day uh, my next action step was hey I had been a coach I believe strongly that you know having a coach in this business is really important so I called up Maps coaching and I hired a coach the second day um, and I said, hey I've started to put some of my thoughts into you know an actionable plan and I really need some help in making sure I you know have some accountability around that plan and that I have someone there to you know guide me towards, you know, pushing that plan even further than maybe I can see. So um, I strongly believe in having a coach. So that was my next action step uh, after taking that day to breathe a little bit.
0: Yeah, I love to hear you say that. That was actually one of my questions for you. Did the coach hire a coach? And I'm so glad that you see the value in what what coaches do. And to your point, it's the accountability around your plan. You know the plan. It's the accountability to keep you on track day after day after day after day. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. No one succeeds alone. I think, you know, and I've got to give props to, you know, the max coaching, uh, system that they have in place. I'll I'll be honest. I was pretty worried myself. Um, you know, I know we both went through coaching with Hal Benz, who is a phenomenal Mm -hmm. resource for us. Um, and I, I had that little bit of a drunk monkey in my head that, you know, if I can't like see my coach, if I can't physically tangibly be in that room, receiving that coaching. What's this going to be like? And, you know, what is the process by which they're going to match me up with a coach, not knowing, you know, who I am. And yet they went through this long questionnaire with me asking me, you know, what's your business look like? Where do you get your business? You know, where do you want to see your business grow? What are the things in your life interest you? You know, why are you waking up and doing your business? And I couldn't believe it. It's like, you know, I never uh, did online dating. And yet I felt like this was an online dating service because they nailed it. Like the gotcha. coach that they ended up matching me up with is so to a T exactly who I would want as a coach. Awesome. Uh, so it's just a phenomenal uh, you know, thing when you find that person that you know can take you to where you want to go.
0: Of course. So it's, it's quite interesting to me that you have that concern about finding a coach. You know, can I, can I do this without being in a room face to face with them? And then you look at where our business is going right now, where we're all doing things virtually. We're not meeting anyone face to face anymore, for the most part. Yeah. We're doing virtual listing appointments. We're doing virtual showings, virtual open houses. So even if we weren't comfortable with it, this COVID nineteen has forced us to become become comfortable with doing things virtually.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm well, glad and that' it, out for you.
1: It, it's pretty cool because just like we're sitting here doing our Zoom call this morning, or actually this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's pretty neat that um, I know you went to one of Diana Kokoska's last coaching skills camp. I did. Right? Yep. And um, so Gary Keller took the MAPS coaching back into his hands and said, hey, I've really got to change some things here. It's worked really well up to this point, And yet, you know, kind of the running theme with Gary is he always is seeking to make things better. Right. right. Um, so one of the things I was really thrilled with was that he has now mandated that the MAPS coaches, jump on zoom calls so it's not just a phone call where i think you can lose a lot in translation yes conversationally and i i love this face-to-face and it is interesting how much you know our world has changed in the last two months um and yet you know there's technology out there that allows us to hold face-to-face meetings like this and i think you know the facial expressions and everything you know that when you can see someone i Absolutely. think there's tangible value in that um so i thought that was pretty cool that they pivoted like that
0: no, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I've done maps coaching as well. And I can tell you, there were times I was on the phone with my coach and I'm distracted and I'm doing things on the side and I'm not really plugged into our conversation. So mm-hmm. when they can see you, the accountability, accountability is so high.
1: Yeah.
0: It's face to face like that. So I think it's huge. It's strong. So, uh, so tell me, so how long has it been now that you've been back uh, in real estate sales full time? How many weeks?
1: So, April 1st was my first day where I had no more coaching responsibilities. So, I dove right back into it. Uh, so, we're kind of up. We just passed one month of being back in the role of a you know, full time real estate agent.
0: Cheers to that. We got to find reasons to drink. So, cheers to your one year anniversary, <laughs> your one month
1: anniversary. Um, and it's been great. You know, it's yes. um, such an adjustment. And yet, you know, obviously, I, I have been in an agent role for four years. Previous to this, and so I know what I got to do, and I will say that you know the coaching role that I held, okay, and all of the opportunities that I got for training, um, improving myself as a coach taught me so much about jumping back into the agent role and just hitting the ground running. That I'm so excited. I look back on my business uh, as an agent prior to becoming the coach, and I can now I dissect you know all the things that I really was just running a business, flying by the seat of my pants. Um, And I'm so looking forward to just being a much better agent this time around. Uh, Yeah, it's been fun the past month.
0: Can you give us a couple of things that you learned being a coach that you're implementing into your business that's making you a better agent now?
1: So this is one that, you know, ask questions. Yeah. Sounds really simple. And yet, I know you've heard this, you know, in all of your, you know, push classes and script practice, it's all too often agents are like, well, you know, I was telling my client this and I was telling, you know, so-and-so that this is how it's going to go. And I told, I told, I told, well, did you ever think to ask your client? Did you ever think to ask the agent on the other side of a deal? Did right. You ever think to ask, you know, ask questions and you'd be amazed at the things you'll learn. Um, and so I know that I, I practiced that as an agent previously, and okay. yet I have realized how important that is through coaching. And I, I'm really just, you know, making sure even in conversations with, you know, I've been my number one thing has been reaching out to my sphere so far. Okay. Um, I just felt like I needed to reconnect with them. I needed to make sure that they knew I'm still here, know I'm still here. Uh, because it has been two years of me not being as active in communicating with my database. Of course. Um, and really what that was, was uh, another thing that I learned in coaching was the Ford conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. So to talk to people about family, occupation, uh, recreation and dreams, even in a tough time like what we're going through right now. That still applies. You can have that same conversation uh, with a stranger on the street, with a person in your database. Yeah, and I'm amazed at when I just start asking them questions about those four key topics, the direction that the conversation leads, and it always circles back to, "Hey, Scott, you know what's new with you?" And I've got a great thing to share with them is, "Well, I know I've been a little bit absentee the past couple of uh, years, you've heard right. from here and there, and yet I'm back full fledged and ready to help you." Um, so, who do you know that might be thinking about buying or selling in the near future? Have you guys had any plans? Um, that have changed with the whole, you know, COVID crisis that we're going through. And,
0: when and that is that question, a great question. Yeah, that's a yeah. great question. Are people offended that you're bringing up real estate during this time? Are you getting any pushback from people?
1: No, I think, you know, people want to know what's going on. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the mistake that we make, right, is when we're telling versus asking, um, we just jumped on the phone, right? And I call you up and I say, Hey, Dave, I know it's been you know a little while since the last time we talked, but who do you know that's thinking about buying or selling? And yet I don't take any time to ask how you're doing. Of course, yeah. that's going to be offensive, right? Of course. And of course. yet when I start to ask you, hey, Dave, how's everything been going? How are the kids doing? You know, I saw that picture of uh, you know, Morgan cooking up another meal. You know, That looks so cool. She must be uh, having a blast you know, getting to spend more time with you. We yes. have that whole conversation. You're going to just by nature turn around and say, well, Scott, how have you been doing? Right, and what I've been doing is jumping back into my business, so it's just a natural part of the you know flow of the conversation.
0: Yeah, I like that you brought that up, and I want to take it back to something you said earlier about asking questions. If we're doing a lot of telling, it's our opinion. However, if we're asking questions and the seller comes to that conclusion through the questions we're asking, to them it's fact. And mm-hmm. so we have to be better at asking questions. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I know a lot of agents who are going to listen to your interview need to hear that it is about asking questions and getting your seller to or your buyer to self discover because it becomes fact if they say it if we're telling it's just our opinion right so thank you for bringing that up i think that's a solid message
1: yeah and i would just i want to also add another thing that was really eye-opening to me is that uh, when i mentioned earlier that i felt like previously i was running my business by the seat of my pants and you know I always looked at my database and said, "Hey, this this database of mine does pretty well for me, right? I could cap every single year, primarily just working my database." And yet, I never believed that I could grow a large business just out of my database. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I learned from going to family reunion, listening to you know high level agents speak on stage, going to multiple coaching skills camps, just being you know so embedded in everything that KW offers, I learned that you know, there is no, you know, written in book, you know, format to how you're going to build a business, right? There, you don't need to do everything in this business. If you focus intently and intensely on one core area, maybe add a second core area to that, Right. you can grow a large business in any format. And so my first coaching call, I was telling them, listen, you know, I got my database, I got, you know, three, 400 people in there. My only worry is, you know, even though I know the numbers in the MREA, you know, say that, you know, you can turn a certain amount of business out of the people in your database. I know the original MREA said for every twelve people, two transactions. Right. Um, I said, I just, I don't know if that's possible. He said, listen, Scott, I'm coaching with somebody right now who's got a database of 300 people and he just did a hundred transactions last year, primarily just working his database. Okay. So if you want to really learn how to take that database and work it at a high level, let's do it. Um, And so that's one of the things I also uh, picked up on last week. Al did his call telling a little bit about his business. And I thought it was interesting, again, on that line of asking questions. he was talking about just really not just going surface level with the people in your database, but truly getting to know who they are. Yes. That's been huge. And that's one of my big focuses right now is... Not only just seeing how people are doing, but, you know, picking up on some of the things they're talking about. You know, what's their favorite sports that they're missing right now? Okay, make a note of that in the database that, you know, when the Yankees are back on TV, I can find something to circle back to Mark and say, hey, Mark, you know, must be awesome knowing that the Yankees are back on TV. Or, hey, I know you guys really love the parks and it must be tough that the parks are closed down right now. Just saw that the governor opened things back up. You know, connect with people where they are and who they are. That's Um, right. And I think, you know, that was a really big uh, eye-opening message is this time around, I'm really focused on making my core part of my business expand. Well,
0: I love that you said that because then it doesn't feel transactional. You're just not calling, looking for referrals. You're reaching out to them at different times throughout the year and saying, hey, the parks are open. Hey, here's what's going on with the Yankees. And I love social media because social media is almost like a cheat sheet for us. We can always look And see what people are doing and what they're up to and so it gives us something to to talk about and i know some people think facebook and instagram can be a time suck and it can be however if you time block it and you're smart about plugging into your database and seeing where they are and what they're up to and how the family's doing when you call you know what to talk about
1: yeah and i think anything done with purpose right is going to yield results you can't get on facebook and then all of a sudden. Realize that two hours just went by because you're scrolling through the timeline aimlessly. And yet, uh, at the most recent family reunion I went to in February, there was an agent that had an actual plan mapped out. I think she said every day her goal is to go on, have um, 10 posts that she likes, 10 posts that she comments on, and then she reaches out personally through Facebook Messenger to 10 people. And she's very purposeful, right? So you've got a plan in place, for, hey, I'm going on here with this as my goal. And when love I it. get that goal done, boom, you've got your you know metric for success for the day checked off. Okay, I love that.
0: Awesome. So you mentioned having a couple pillars. So I know your database is one pillar for you to go and grow your business. What else yep. are you focusing on? Are you doing for sub-owners or expireds or something else to grow? Yep,
1: that is gonna be my next, uh, I really wanted to get my database on point. Okay. Um, I'm. Finally, over that bear of a project of kind of, so with my database, I ended up having like 2,700 people in there because I just did an auto uh, load for my phone. A Great. lot of it was just junk, you know, numbers that you accumulate over the years. And sure, I know there's that old adage that you can pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, I just came across your number in my phone and I can't remember where we connected. Uh, yeah. But I just want to reach out and see, you know, I've got your number. We must have some sort of connection. Quite frankly, I, I don't want to spend my time doing that. I really wanted to narrow it down to who are my core advocates and how can I pour into them. So I cleaned my whole database up. Um, and now that that's pretty well set, one of my goals is, right, I, I grew up in Bergen County. Right. Uh, I moved down to Montclair five years ago. We now live in Glen Ridge. Um, I've had buyer success around here and I've had you know some listing success around here, but I see my path. Uh, to growing market share in this area as really focusing on those for sale by owners and expireds in Glen Ridge, Montclair, Bloomfield, Verona, you know, the four or five core towns that surround me. Um, And I think that's a great way to just start to get the brand recognition of Scott Stewart homes in this area. Um, So that's, that's pillar number two.
0: No, I think, it's, I think it's a solid pillar. And right now, you know, in the past, maybe for sale by owner or, or an expired didn't see our value. They thought we were glorified door openers. And some agents were. Yeah. However, during this quarantine, when things need to be done virtually, I think they're starting to see our value and the way we operate and can actually help expose their property. They're starting to see that we have something that they don't have access to in order to help their home get sold. And more importantly, financing is more important now. So making sure that your buyer is solid uh, because yeah. the limitations they're putting on buyers, they, they see the value in working with agents. So I think there's less uh, apprehension with the for sale by owner to talk with you and an expired who didn't sell their home before knows that things have to be done differently this time. So now you just have to show them what you do differently. So I, I love really?
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing, right? We, we, we need to know how to share that you know what are we going to do differently for them and i think it's also really important that agents take time to focus on improving their skill set around things that they feel they can accelerate with right um for me personally i've always felt that negotiation is one of the biggest parts of the transaction mm-hmm. uh not only knowing how to negotiate the best possible price for your buyer or seller but then when you get to inspections knowing how to negotiate and navigate that um all throughout the transaction, negotiation is a huge part of the deal, and yep. that's always been one of those things that I, I really like sharing with you know whether it's a Fisbo or an expired, whether it's you know, just a database referral, you know that's one of the values that I'm going to bring to the table. And I think you know right, uh, especially a for sale by owner does not do this every day. Um, so what does their skill set look like?
0: That's right. And as an agent who's doing that every day, you're going to ne- negotiate better prices and better terms and better re- repairs. So yeah. they're going to walk away better off hiring you than if they did it on their own. Yeah. And so you're right. Those skills right now, we really need to be spending more time learning what we don't know. We're all at home. We're quarantined. We have more time on our hands than we've ever had before. And uh, I feel like a lot of agents aren't spending time developing those skills. They're wishing things were easier and they really should just be working on getting better. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that you're doing that.
1: Perfect time. Um, I Yeah, being a little bit more vulnerable, like I think it was my call with my coach two weeks ago where I said to him the previous week, I had just been kind of in a little bit of a rut. And yeah. I, I don't feel like I accomplished anything this week because tangibly for my business, right? I, I didn't put a buyer under contract. I didn't get okay. a listing appointment lined up. Um, and it just, you know, I was kind of, reflecting inwards and saying you know what the heck did I actually do this week Um, and yet we talked about you know okay well what did you do and like I said I I did still accomplish you know going through and communicating with a bunch of people on my database. I got it cleaned up and then you know I said well you know I was happy because I finished reading shift book that I picked up and started to read and so in retrospect I realized like here I am I'm beating myself up because I didn't get you know Something tangible for my business that was going to give yep. me you know, money in my pocket today, and yet it made me realize like this is a perfect time to read more, to you know yep. watch more videos pertinent to what you want to learn your skill set around. Um, and I think you know take advantage of the downtime that we have now and do that um, because yes, it's, sir. it's a rare opportunity, right? We've got to look at this as you know, yeah, this isn't fun for anybody being stuck at home. And yet there are so many opportunities out there to be taken advantage of if we just you know, appreciate that fact.
0: No, I appreciate you saying that. So Scott, I'm, I'm thinking of questions that I can ask you that are going to give people a lot of value, especially with you having been a productivity coach. And the biggest thing that comes to my mind is your schedule and how you time block and what your priorities are in the day. Are you able to speak to that? I want to hear how you schedule your day.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm honestly, you know, I, I like to, you know, make sure that people realize I I'm not the master of time blocking by a far stretch. Um, and yet it's funny cause I always on my second monitor over here, I've got, you know, it would be uh, fitting that the thing that's up on my screen is my calendar. Um, it's my Google calendar, which I, um, it's been interesting. I'm I'm relearning how to time block as an agent, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And yet one of the things that I do is I've really been working on protecting my mornings, um, because I know that if I can wake up and I can focus on the lead generation that I need to do for the day and get that done with right now, you know, I'm sure once we go back to more normal times, those afternoons, and there's going to be more things that, you know, jump in and try and take that morning time away. Right now, if I can get from nine to 12, some lead generation done, the yeah. rest of my day, quite frankly, doesn't matter that much. Uh, because I've I've done the most important thing for the day.
0: Absolutely. And listen, um, your job, you have two jobs. Your job in the morning is to lead generate and book appointments. Your job in the afternoon is to go on those appointments and close deals. So yeah. you have to protect your morning.
1: Yeah. Um And so that's that's been the biggest focus so far. Um, I know one of the cool upsides I think I saw you mention this was you know because we don't have to drive to the office, because we're not driving back and forth between as many appointments, yeah. um, we're gaining a lot of time back, and I think that's where I've reallocated it to making sure I'm reading more, I'm studying more, I'm you know learning what I can in that time that I'm gaining back. Okay. Um, and yet the, the most important thing has been really just protecting that morning time as I've got to focus. I've had, you know, agents calling me in the morning, um, want to ask me a random question here and there. And I always say, listen, I'm in the middle of something right now. I will get back to you this afternoon uh, because great. I, I just cannot get distracted during that time. It's so important.
0: Good for you. I mean, I would almost say don't even answer the phone and just have it on your voicemail if you're calling me between 9 and 12 I check my messages at noon and we'll call you back after that and just yeah. cuz you get the, you get that one person who you just can't get off the phone like even though you try to say I'm busy I'll get back with you I just have one question and that just completely derails your entire day so I'm glad that you are protecting your morning so so you told me 9 to 12 you're lead generating my question would be are you lead generating lead generating based on the number of hours, based on the number of calls, based on the number of contacts, like what's your goal for your lead gen time?
1: So um, like I said, right now, the big focus has been on my database. Um, right. The goal that I set with my coach was to make sure that I'm having 10 meaningful you know, conversations a day with my database. Okay. Um, and so every week I've got to make sure I've had at least 50 of those conversations. Okay. Um, And it's a little bit more time um, stretched out right now, I will say that for sure, right? Um, I know in the past, like when I did call for sale by owners and expireds, you sit there and you say, okay, well, I'm going to check off X number of dials or X number of contacts that I've made. Right now, again, for me, I'm really putting an importance on making sure that this database is going to be the thing that is the foundation to my business. And so, right. if it takes me half an hour to have a really good conversation with someone, and yet afterwards I'm able to take my notes from that conversation and really start to populate the command, you know, setup that we have, that's a huge win for me. And you know, it's texting people. It's this is another thing, right? In shift, uh, I wish I had the book in front of me right now. And yet they talked about um, when you are lead generating, there's three steps to it, and it's called the Pam method. So that's prepare action, maintenance, right? So in the morning, you wake up, you've got to be prepared. Who who are you actually calling today? So whether it's your database, whether it's those for sale by owner expires, whether, you know, we're not doing open houses right now, but, you know, maybe you have a circle prospecting list that you're following up with. Make sure you spend a little bit of time preparing to get on your phone so that when you are in that zone, you're really taking the next step, which is action, right? Yep. You don't want to have to say, okay, cool, I'm all set to go. And five minutes later, you're getting distracted by something because you're not actually prepared to sit down and focus on what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So you take action and then you should spend some time at the end making sure, right? Because I think this is something I really learned from my previous experience as an agent. I would call people in my database, reach out to them, wish them a happy birthday. I wasn't ever taking that information and putting it anywhere and doing the maintenance aspect of lead generation. saying, okay, cool, I talked to so-and-so today, based on our conversation, I should follow up with them in two weeks because they mentioned that such-and-such is happening, or hey, they mentioned that they're going on that vacation uh, in June, so I wanna make sure that right before they go on that vacation, I'm shooting them a cool article about their destination. So I'm really getting in that workflow of following that PAM method, and saying, three hours? Believe me, I'm not just sitting there pounding the phones for three hours. I'm being very purposeful about making sure I'm prepared. I'm taking my action and then I'm making sure that that all goes into the database. So I'm really building it into that data bank, right? That spot that I know I can go reach into that database anytime. Yes. I've got some great gold in there that I can pull out. And as time goes on, it just becomes a a workflow, right? When I set all of those tasks up for follow-up with people, Yep. Now, especially with command, I, I log in in the morning and there's reminders. Hey, you should call so-and-so. Hey, you should follow up with them on this. Hey, it's so-and-so's birthday today. I don't even really have to think about what That's to right. do with my day at that point. It's great. So It's
0: all right there for you. It's all yeah. right there. The, the biggest challenge I see with agents, um, that aren't working the database, but they may be prospecting and calling FSBOs and expireds. They all start off doing the calls it's the follow-up that's lacking. It's yeah. taking the notes and saying, hey, this person is leaving on vacation here. They told me to call back in one month. What type of reminder am I setting, back, setting up so that I know to call them back? The follow-up is lacking. And that's where we actually get the opportunity is in week two, four, six, eight, and 10, once they're finally ready to meet with us. But if we aren't calling systematically and getting those reminders to call them, we let them slip through the cracks and we look up and there's a sign in their front yard and someone else got the opportunity.
1: Yeah. And, you know, reflecting back again on, you know, how I used to do business. And this is something that I shared with a lot of coaching clients is that, um, you know, previously I, I had some success with expired listings. And I always viewed the for sale by owners as kind of this thing that I was like, yeah, these people aren't willing to take action. Like, right. They're not worth my time you'd get them on the phone. You'd ha- I would get them on the phone. I'd have a conversation with them. Sometimes I'd get that preview appointment. And really it was my fault because I, I had no follow-up plan in place. I literally yeah. would have a great, meaningful conversation with that person and be like, all right, next, like just totally forget about them. And then all of a yeah. sudden, just like you said, three weeks later, I'm driving through the neighborhood. I'm like, damn it, there's a sign in the yard. They listed with so-and-so. And it was all my fault for not having follow-up in place. So I always say, you know, all again, going back to that theory that you can build a business any way you want. Um, You just, you do need to have a system around it. You need to have that follow-up plan. Um, Whatever area you're focusing on, just have a system around it. Know what your workflow looks like to reap the benefits of the activity that you're doing on the front end and make sure that you're not just letting people fall through the,
0: Love it. I think that's fantastic. Scott, where do you see your business in five years from now? Where do you want to be?
1: So, um uh, I still one of the things that when I took the coaching role on, um I really want to one day own a Keller Williams. Um I wanna be that operating principal. I wanna, you know, make something in my own vision. Um, because I think it's it's such a special business. And mm-hmm. if I could create, you know, my own environment where I get to have the opportunity to, you know, build a team. And, you know, in that case, right, I'm building a team of leaders who then run the office, who then, you know, empower agents to build the kind of business that they want to build. That's something that is like near and dear to my heart. Um, when I took the coaching role on, I was really, you know, looking at it as, okay, I've got to get into leadership to pursue this opportunity. And yet my goal now, um, is I want to build a really strong business built on the MREA models. And, you know, I don't yet quite know where that takes me. And yet I know that if I build a successful business for myself, um, I really do, again, you know, want to build a team because I think it's such a special opportunity to not only, you know, succeed through my own actions, but to give other people an opportunity and, I still love that coaching and mentorship and, you know, receiving people and seeing the results that you get back from them. Um, So I'd love to, you know, build myself a really rock solid uh, real estate team that sells at a high level uh, that, you know, provides for our clients at a high level and see where it takes me. And, you know, one day I do hope, you know, whether it's five years, 10 years from now um, I'd love to own a Keller Williams. So.
0: I think that's a great goal for yourself. now, what are some of your other big whys around you know working in real estate? What's some of your personal big whys?
1: Um, on the personal side, I think you know financial freedom uh, for myself and my family is super important. Um, I grew up not you know really you know my parents were great. they raised me to be the guy that I am today, um, and yet they never really planned for their future, and so I'm starting to now. You know, see that in effect, where right, my parents. I know I'm going to have to be there to support them into their retirement years, and I want to be more prepared for that time. And I don't ever want to have to, you know, put myself or my family in a position where we're wondering where the next check comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally have, you know, I bought my first condo five, six years ago. I held to that as an investment property. We now live in a two-family where we've got a tenant and we live in the other unit, and that's something that I'm really passionate about is you know building you know passive income through not only the you know real estate investments but you know, there are a ton of opportunities out there to build multiple streams of income into your life absolutely uh, and I think you know that's definitely one of those things that wakes me up in the morning because I know that financial security and then financial you know freedom mm-hmm. is something that you know not only can I reap the benefits of but everyone in my you know all of my loved ones can also
0: um, get. Yeah, well, of course. And, you know, right now with the the quarantine, I think um, a lot of people are starting to think about their finances differently. Once they weren't working for two weeks or a month, people were realizing, like, I was just working in order to live. I don't really have a plan for putting money up for my retirement. I don't have a savings. If I'm not working, there is no income. And I think this has been a huge eye-opener for a lot of people to work on Financial freedom and making sure they have a savings and they're keeping their expenses low and playing the red light green light Looking at what they're spending their money on and making cuts so that they can start saving more money and being more fiscally responsible I think it's huge right now.
1: Yeah, going back to it, another thing that I was blown away by um, With maps approach to coaching is that once a month I'm responsible for turning in a P&L uh, to my coach and, wow. we, and I'm on a call discussing that because and I I admitted to him, I was like, oh my God, I'm the worst at this. You know, I, I keep an eye on my finances throughout, you know, the weeks, the months, the year, and yet I'm totally the guy that's scrambling trying to, you know, pull all my stuff together for my accountant when it comes time to file your taxes. It's like I always, you know, know that I'm doing well financially and yet I don't ever keep a really strong, you know, finger on the pulse of what's going on in my business, in my personal finances. Um, down to, you know, truly tracking that, and L monthly like that. That's right. Um, And I, I, um, it's so important. And that's also why this is my profit first. I've been reading profit first. Okay. Okay. Um, Because I'm starting to realize, you know, it's, I've always said, Hey, I want to gain that financial freedom and Hey, cool. I'm stashing money into this account. And I know that when I reach X amount of dollars, I'll be able to buy my next investment property. And yet, so I really am grilling down and looking, where are those areas you can cut? Where are things that, you know, wow, I didn't realize I spend that much money on this. And then you get to decide, you know, shine the spotlight on it and say, do I continue to spend money on this? Am I getting a return from it? Is it something, you know, some things in our life, right? We just enjoy, right? We were talking earlier about how you're going to go out and smoke a nice cigar out on the uh, deck today and yep. enjoy that nice salmon meal. Like there are certain things I love you know, just trying different beers and going out and, you know, spending a hundred bucks at the bar. And, um, there's just things that we enjoy in our life, right. That you, you make the decision and say, Hey, this is something I really enjoy and it's totally worth that money to me. Right. If you're a big, you know, movie guy, going to the movie theater, watching Netflix, right. Some of these things might seem like, ah, you know, I should cut this out of my life and yet you got to enjoy your life as well. So Um, But really, I think shining that light on your finances and really holding accountable the money that you're spending is an eye-opening experience. So
0: It is an eye-opening experience. I'm so happy that you share that because I think a lot of agents, whether you're new to real estate or you're a veteran, you need to be looking at where you spend your your money. And if you're following the KW models, economic models, and you're being smart about your margins, you can run a very profitable business. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Scott, let me ask you: What what question am I not asking you that I should be asking you that would bring a lot of value to the agents that are listening today? Is there anything you
1: can think of? I I saw this in your uh, pre-interview list of questions, (laughs) and and honestly, I was having a tough time coming up with something. Uh, It's a good one. Um, I think you know it's not a question per se, but I, I always kind of like that question of like if you could spend some time in a room with, mm-hmm. you know, anybody in the world, like who would that be? Yes. Um, and for me, you know, it's funny, talking about the like, guilty pleasures, one of the things that I've been uh, doing a lot of watching on uh, Hulu has been watching Shark Tank. Okay. And <laughs> this might not be like the most profound, you know, person that you could spend some time in the room with, and yet. When you watch Shark Tank, like as much as I have, okay, probably way too much. It's it's really interesting because it's it's not just a you know entertainment show. It's truly interesting when you sit there and kind of dissect how the different business people that are up on that you know panel of sharks operate. And one of the things my wife Paula is always joking because I'm like, just wait, like Mark Cuban is totally gonna wait until the last minute here, right? And he'll jump in and he's gonna get the deal. And you start to realize like how people, you know, negotiate and how people analyze information. Yep. And so I would love to spend some time, you know, in a room with Mark Cuban, just learning more about him. Um, so if I, if I could meet someone, I don't know if he's top of the list, but it's, you know, putting me on the spot, asking me for what question I haven't, you know, that should be asked that one popped into my head. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, Mark Cuban. Okay. I think that's actually a, a great person to interview. He's, I mean, he's got it. he's got the smarts, and when it comes to to business and making money, he's definitely uh figure things out. So yeah, that's and the he, one for your list
1: takes a very similar approach, I think, in negotiations. Which again, going back to the ask questions and also yes. right, listen, listen to what is going on, even if you're not asking questions. Right, somebody's talking in the room, and if you're not listening to what they're talking about, you're missing out because you can glean so much information from just keeping your mouth shut
0: that's and right just, and listening
1: and one thing like i think i i think that's why i admire him so much on the show because he's not the one that you know is showboating making a big you know scene throughout the whole episode and yet he sits back he listens he's got his notepad there he's jotting down his notes and then when the moment strikes he knows here's my opportunity and i i think that's just such a profound you know thing that we need to know is the more you listen the more you're going to learn and it's going to give you you know opportunities to you know take advantage of
0: i think you're right and i i believe in the whole six degrees of separation so whoever is watching this podcast or watching this on youtube if you know someone who knows someone that knows someone that knows mark cuban you gotta reach out so we can put scott in touch with mark cuban
1: I would all right that.
0: scott my next question how do you stay motivated you know, nine to 12, you're lead generating five days a week. You're talking to your clients, you're going on appointments, you're showing property. What do you do to keep yourself motivated?
1: Um, I think it kind of goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, what did I do on the first day that um, I knew I wasn't the coach any longer and I was diving back into my business? I, I press yep. the pause button. Um, okay. I work to enjoy my life. That, you know, in a nutshell is... Work without enjoyment of your life to me is not a life worth living. Okay. Um, And so I think to keep myself motivated, I know that if I don't work today, if I don't work tomorrow, at some point in time, right, I'm not going to get to enjoy the kind of life that I want to live. And yet I know that if I put in that work, and like I said earlier, right, if there's no, especially right now with the lack of driving and commuting to, different appointments, If there's nothing on my schedule. So yesterday um, I took buyers out in the morning and came home and I said, you know what, uh, Paula has really been dying to go to the beach. Even if it was just to drive down there, see the ocean and drive home. So we did that. We packed up the car, we put both dogs in the car and going to drive down to the beach. Uh, that is probably the number one thing that motivates me is working to then be able to enjoy the things in my life that I enjoy.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So, how do you feel like you're doing when it comes to balancing your work and your, and your family life? Do you feel like it's a good balance right now, or do you feel like you need to work on a certain area?
1: Um, especially right now, right? We're we're kind of forced to be stuck yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so, I think you know, work-life balance has definitely been there. It's also you know one of those things that I, you know, unfortunately, kind of saw slip away when I did become the coach. Right. I I think I, I poured so much of myself into that role. That oftentimes I found that I was like, oh my God, I'm I'm not keeping that balance there, right? Okay. Um, and for anybody who's read the one thing, I am still a big believer in the idea that they talk about, you know, work life balance truly is, you know, a fallacy. It, it it doesn't exist. You know, you're always you're living at the extremes. Okay. In order to make sure that when you're at those extremes, it's truly like a magical moment. So I do still believe in that. That's why I think I believe so much in time blocking because when I'm working, I'm working and I'm going all in on work. And at that moment, right, personal life, family, whatever is over here is on the side burner. And yet it allows me to then go to that extreme and say, when I'm family time, when I'm personal time, when I'm doing that thing that I love, I'm all in on that. And that's where, again, in the one thing they talk about, that's how magic is created at the extremes. Um, don't don't try and keep this idea that oh, like I, I've got everything balanced out perfectly, because then you're really just doing a mediocre job at both things that you're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I never really thought about it that way, but I love what you just said. And I, you know, we're professionals as real estate agents, and I know so many agents that could be spending quality time with their family, and they get a call from someone they don't even know about showing the property, they That's drop their family, they hop in a car and they're gone. And yes. so I think what you said is so powerful. It's it's time blocking the activities for real estate. And then when you have family time, it's time blocking you're all in on family time. And yes. it's, it's those two extremes. It's, it's so important.
1: And, you know, I, again, just, I think, you know, people try and be too perfect sometimes. And so I don't want to come across that way. Like there are certainly times, right? Where we might be out to dinner or doing something, you know, in more normal times where, one of the things I will recognize is I can get distracted. So like if, if that phone does buzz and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I, yesterday when we drove down to the beach, we got down there and I spent about five minutes just catching up because it was an hour in the car You know, right. I had some messages that had come through, but I would much rather spend the two to three minutes catching up on those so that again, I can go back into, I'm full focused. I'm enjoying yes. what I'm looking at. Um, yes. and, and I always try and make sure, cause I do, I know that, that's who I am. And so I try and make sure I'm sharing that with others. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm I'm all in on this for like two minutes and then I'll be back. Um, And when I'm back, I'm all in. Um, That's
0: great. That's great. So Scott, I have to tell you, I think we almost have to like do a part one and part two. So maybe coming back after the summer, after you've been back in your business for a quarter or more and talking to you about like some of the challenges and some of the rewards of going back in the business. I could talk to you for a couple of hours and pull oh, and wow. really cool information out. So, um, what I want to do now is wrap this up now, but then also we're going to get you back on the calendar later on in the summer, because I know that agents are going to learn from you based on what you're experiencing in this new world where we're going out, doing things virtually and running our businesses differently. And I want you to have more experience with that. So we can have a solid conversation about your wins and what you've done to succeed in this new, uh, in the post-quarantine world once we get back out there
1: i would love nothing more man you know i can talk to you for hours and as long as drinks are there
0: drinks are here maybe next time we'll do it in person i have a lot of local breweries and distilleries i found so maybe i'll just bring you out my way and we can sit down and just really chop it up face to face and actually have a great conversation
1: that sounds like a plan that'll finally get us uh, into one of those breweries that we've been talking about going to visit right
0: Listen, I found several, so that will not be an issue. But listen, I, I wanted to um, make sure that I share your, your social media with people. So I'll make sure I share your, um, your Instagram handle. And um, I'm so happy that you're back out there selling real estate and that you're focused on your database and that you're going to be going after for sale by owners and expires. You will yeah. build the business you want. You will have a Keller Williams office. Everything you want to do, you'll have because it's important to you. And all you have to do is put your head down and work. And have that balance. I appreciate
1: that, D-Red. Cheers to you. Cheers. All right.